It's been a month since Damian Lillard requested, demanded a trade to the Miami Heat on July 1st, and he remains a Blazer with no end in sight to this saga. Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian and Oregon Live, and today we have a very special edition of the podcast. Essentially, Craig and I, we act like we're hollow notes. We've added Billy Joel to our to our group to form a dynamic trio. Bill Orem of the Oregonian, our columnist, is, has joined us to make this a three-headed monster as we discuss this, this shenanigans-filled saga that is the Damian Lillard trade request. Uh, Bill spent yesterday at Oregon's Media Day, where Dan Lanning created a minor stir by throwing some weird shade at Colorado, but that's nothing compared to the drama we have going on here in Blazerland. Bill, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And, you know, I may be Billy Joel today, but uh, <laughs> yesterday, Dan, Lan- Dan Lanning did start the fire, I would say, with his Colorado comments. But that's that's for a different podcast. Just, just punching down, Dan. Come on, Dan. Don't punch down. Anyway, so we're going to discuss. Let, hey, can I just say sure, something? Sure. Can I just say something? If anyone's Billy Joel, it's me. I'm from Oh, Long my God. Island. Here we go. I'm see, like, now we're jocking I mean, for – no, you're – I'm sorry. You're Oats. You're Oats, bro. I'll give – I'll, I'll See, I knew when I did this, someone's going to cry about who's Oats. You're Oats. Make no mistake. <laughs> I can't grow a good mustache. That's why I got this fake goatee going. <laughs> anyway. Bill looks like he could grow a mustache in like seven minutes, and I've seen some pictures. Oh, he, I've had the mustache. The mustache. If anybody needs to step up and be John Oates and sing some good uh, backing harmonies, that, that can be me. Oh, here she comes. All right. Anyway, we're going to discuss everything that's going on with this situation. Uh, the latest rumored Miami offer, the NBA coming down on Lillard and his agent for basically telling other teams to back off, uh, where this could logically end. And, you know, is it possible that he comes back to Portland, or at least begins the season with Portland, which is something that has been floated out there and even has been suggested to me by some, although I've laughed every time I've heard it. Anyway, let's just jump right into this bad boy right now. First topic, flat out, is Lillard going to ultimately end up in Miami or someplace else? Or could he start the season with Portland? Uh, the, the Blazers at, have not been, you know, very eager to negotiate with Miami, as we all know, even though that's where Dame wants to go. Uh, Lillard and his agent, Aaron Goodwin, kind of made things a little messy by essentially having Goodwin tell teams, do not trade for Dame because if you do, you'll get an unhappy player. There's been some reports out there that Dame could even not show, which is something I heard early, but later that had been actually backed off on before this whole thing happened with the NBA. But does the NBA warning mean anything in this regard? Is it going to change anything? There's even you know talk that maybe – uh, they could veto a trade to Miami if one went down, which I think is just absolutely crazy. Let's start with you, Craig. Your 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 opinion on this situation now that we've had a little bit of action came down on Friday with the NBA jumping in. Yeah, so, yeah, I think Damon Lowe is going to be traded. I don't think Damon Lowe is going to play another game for the Blazers. Uh, and if he does, something uh, crazy went right somehow, <laughs> some miracle. Or something's gone awfully, awfully wrong, and uh, um, and Damian Lillard has somehow had an epiphany uh, <laughs> to change his mind. The stuff with the NBA, I think, to me, it's almost irrelevant to the Lillard situation. It seems like the NBA throwing off a warning shot to agents, uh, specifically to, hey, let's not go public with your uh, demands to go to one team. Because that 
makes everybody angry mm-hmm. that I work for. Meaning I'm the commissioner and the owners pay me. And this, this is awful for them. Um, there's no reason to do that publicly. Let's keep that stuff under wraps. We know it's happened before, but you don't have to tell everybody. <laughs> Just tell the relevant parties. Um, and in the sense that, yes, so Damien said all the right things. His agent said all the right things to end up in the same place. Damien Lillard wants to go to the Heat. And at this point in time, the Blazers want more. And the Heat are saying, okay, you tell us what, what to beat. And uh, from what everyone's saying, there's nothing to beat except for the Heat. <laughs> and I'm not a negotiation expert, Bill Oren, but I do know this. You don't negotiate against yourself, right? You don't one-up your own offer if there's no other offers. I bought a couple houses. That, that's one thing I learned. You don't just say, oh, I'll give you $5,000 more if there are no other offers. Okay. So that's my take. Bill, your take? Well, I've, I've, I've kind of been feeling like I need to be a negotiation expert in my job lately with with the Damian Lillard trade, yeah. Act 12 media rights contract. I mean, all, everything's negotiations right now. But, you know, okay, so yes, I think Damian Lillard ultimately ends up in Miami with the Heat. Is it this summer? Is it in, in season? I think it's better for everybody if it is this summer. And I know, I know that the, the Blazers, you know, want to play hardball here and, you know, are, are positioning themselves. That they, they aren't afraid to take this into the season. And, and listen, this is a once in a generation opportunity to trade a player of Damian Lillard's caliber. So of course you have to optimize what that trade looks like and get as much as possible. Um, you know, I don't know that I see this as a Kevin Durant situation where Dame comes back and plays for a few months and then the marketplace sort of shifts. And then that deal that wasn't there in the summer is there in, in the winter. Um, you know, there's just a lot going on with or there's the Dame situation. And I, I wrote this and then you started hearing it today from, from Brian Windhurst on ESPN and, and Adrian Wojnarowski said something similar. You know, a market hasn't really developed for Dame outside of Miami. And I don't think it's because Aaron Goodwin was so successful at convincing other teams that Dame would be you know, disgruntled if he got traded there. It's because there are really not very many situations in the NBA that make sense for him or exactly. teams that are that, where there is a fit for a 33 year old point guard with a long runway of a contract left. You know, it's a very win now window with Damian Lillard. And, and maybe listen, maybe he's great for four more years. And I'm not saying that he isn't one of the few guys who could, who could do that, but you know, just history isn't on your side at that age, at that position. So, um, you know, if you, if you think of it as two years, um, who's going to, who's going to be ready to strike in those two years and you start crossing teams off the list, uh, mm-hmm. it gets really narrow really quickly. And you find yourself looking at a, at a list of one really, really fast. So I think that's why this ultimately ends up getting done. I think Portland fans are going to be unhappy with what the, the, the return is, but absolutely Joe Cronin is right to, um, you know, to hold out for as much as he can possibly get, you know, whether it's, you know, in the form of cap relief by getting, you know, use of Nurkic off the books, getting extra picks, you know, however you spin Tyler hero, whatever it is. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of components to this that I know we're going to dive into. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Aaron, but to answer the primary question here. Yeah. I think, I think he ultimately ends up in Miami unless something that we can't see right now. Um, and, and I've, I've looked really closely at this. I don't see what other team comes out of the woodwork to make the, to, to make a run at Dame. So I think ultimately, you know, you've got one team to deal with and, you know, the Blazers and Heat are going to have to hammer this out. 100% agree. He ends up in Miami and it, to me, it's got to get done this summer. Pushing it into the season just wouldn't make any sense. We can talk more about that later. But, you know, even though Miami has, I guess, the leverage because, A, Dame has said I want to go there and 
maybe would cause trouble if he went somewhere else, and B, there aren't any other teams really involved. Still, in situations like this in the past, you know, Miami has to play nice, and they can't just say, here, take this or nothing, and the Portland Trailblazers have the right to reject whatever that offer is, if it's a low-ball offer, and then it's on Dame and Goodwin, I've been saying this for weeks, to tell Miami, look, you have to make a reasonable offer here, and in the conversations I've had with people, like, that's been pretty consistent, that something has, something, if something gets done, it's going to be reasonable. Now, what equals reasonable is a different story because everyone has their own take on what that means. But there's so many different factors in this, and we're going to get into all of them, that it just makes it almost entertaining to watch people dance and jump around what means what to whom, where, and when. And for me, at the end of the day, this comes down to just a power control thing. This is the Portland Trailblazers made a decision that they were going to go with Scoot. They were not going to trade Sharp. They were not going to go out and get whatever was out there to, to put pair with Dame that they were going to plan for the future. And in those discussions, I do believe that they thought that maybe Dame would stay, but they also definitely plan for the event that Dame could leave. And then started thinking of all the things they could get for him, all the different picks, and we could do this and we could do that. And then when it all went down, Dame came out and said, no, I only want to go to Miami. And Goodwin told teams, back off. If you trade for my guy, he's not going to come, you know, either he, A, won't come play with you, which I never thought was a thing, or B, he's just going to be unhappy. But at the end of the day, like Bill just said, and you said, Craig, as well, from who else is going to make an offer that's going to beat what Miami can do? And who would want to? In March, the two teams I targeted as the teams where I think he would end up was, were Miami and Philly. No one else in the, in the, it makes sense. Some people have thrown Utah out there. Why would Utah beat a Miami offer? If a Miami offers three or four first in Hero, why would Utah offer five firsts and whatever to bring in a 33-year-old Damien when they should just continue to build with all their assets around Kessler and Lauer. It doesn't make any sense. Why would any team in that situation do that? It doesn't make any sense. Now, all those teams would probably like to have him if it costs you two first and a, and a decent player, but not five first and whatever else goes with it. So the only teams really in a position to do, to really say we would want this guy because we can win a championship now are Philly and Miami. And Miami is absolutely the perfect fit. The problem is the Blazers don't necessarily want Hero. Regardless, I just think the Blazers feel boxed in. I feel they, they feel dictated to. I don't think they want to look bad in this thing when it's all over. And re- regardless of how they feel about that, as far as I'm concerned, Dame has the power here. And 10 years, there's not one person with the Blazers organization right now that anyone's going to remember. Except maybe Scoot and Sharp if they continue to play well and remain with this franchise. Everyone's going to remember Dame 100 years from now. And so to me, he does have a lot of clout in this. And he should be able to go where he wants to go. And I think eventually it happens. There's plenty of players on the roster that Blazer fans are going to try to forget. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, any any rebuttals to that, Bill? (laughs) Are we in agreement? I mean, I think... I mean, I think Pat Riley has the power in this situation. I don't think Dame has very much power. I don't, and I think Joe Cronin's power is patience. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Damian Lillard has handled this well. I don't think he has put the Blazers in a position to to get a deal done. I think, you know, I I understand Dame has a place he wants to go, right? But he also has to understand the landscape of the league well enough to understand why it's hard to get to one place. And so, you know, I think if he had presented a list that had more teams on it and you were able to get some kind of bidding war going, maybe this gets done sooner. But the problem is, goes back to what I said. Let's say you put Boston and Brooklyn on that list as well. And I know he doesn't want to go to Boston, but let's say that that was the list. Miami, Boston, Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn was 12 and 15 after the KD trade last year. 
you know, maybe they're better if Ben Simmons comes back and you add Dame. You know, where are they really in the East? Is that a championship no. team? Are they will are they ready to go all the way in and ca- trade in all no. those picks? Probably not. Boston just added Kristaps Porzingis, so they are based they are maxed out on three dudes already. And you can get Dame in there, you can slide him in, but then you get into Aaron's beloved second apron, <laughs> where you you have no ability to add to your team. You don't have the mid level exception to add to your team. You're totally stuck. So you have four dudes, right? But you're really, really thin and you're crazy expensive. So it just becomes, is that really the move you want to make? So this all comes back to the only team that really has, that makes sense for Dame unless something really changes is, is Miami. And so that gives Pat Riley the ability to say like, I'm going to give and I, you know, we were talking about this offline, Craig, and you said it well, and I think I've heard others say it today too, but you know, you are the best offer as long as you are the only offer. Right now, that doesn't mean that Joe Cronin has to take it, but at some point, something's going to have to come to a head because you have three, you have three entities that all want different things or are all kind of pulling in different directions. And so, you know, I'm sure you know Pat Riley has some patience to let this go into the season. I'm sure Dame has some degree of patience to, to wait on this, and Joe Cronin has some degree of patience. It just becomes who is the who has the least patience, and and ultimately and ultimately bends or breaks and gives in on this. So one thing I'll say, Bill, I agree with most of the stuff except about the Dame stuff. Because Dame only has one goal to go to Miami. So if he gets to Miami, he played it perfectly. And he's going to probably yep, end up fair. in Miami. So all the yuck is what what it is. And also, sure. he told them over and over again that this is it. And he gave them – the play that I think he, he – what he did was he had too much patience. Like he, he should have pulled the plug before – I mean, the moment they, they, dra- they told him they were going to draft Scoot, he should have said, okay, then I want out. Because I told you, and then giving him that extra week, and then giving him to the free the agency. But to me, yeah, it doesn't matter if Dame gets to Miami, he wins because that's all he wants right now. Um, that's fair. So that, that that's the one thing I, I'll say is he's playing it um, the way that at this point in time he said, "Okay, I gave you eleven years to do whatever, you know, to try, <laughs> try, try." I didn't. I never threw Portland under the bus. I always said we could do it. Uh, and then you made a choice. You chose, you chose Scoot and Sharp over me. That's your decision. I told you, you choose Scoot and Sharp. I'm out. You made your choice. Now I want to go to Miami. And if you're Damian Lillard, you got one shot. Like we've talked about this before. He's 33. Yep. Like he doesn't have a second shot because he knows that he might have. He's got two, three years that he that he's hopeful and he's more optimistic than we are because it's his body and he actually gets up and does all the workouts and stuff. <laughs> so he's got to go for it. And the one other thing is Miami sucked for most of the year. <laughs> like they got to the finals from the dang, you know, play in like it's not they're no shoe in. It's not like he's picking like at this point, you know, with what Boston has, that would be a much more of a super team. That would be ridiculous. Jimmy Butler Boston, that'd be stupid. Right. Yeah. So, like, when people try to say, like, oh, he's going against what he said about not being part of a super team, he's picking a team that barely got into the playoffs and then had a magical right. run because the East kind of was a mess, and that Boston team failed. Yeah. So, so that that you know that Miami's not this yeah. super crunch you know super team that he is a guarantee because Jimmy Butler is really good. Aaron Fentress doesn't even think he's like a, you know, an A-line star. And their next best player is barely not even a, a perennial all-star and and hasn't even proved himself yet. 
and their next best player is Hero, and they got to trade him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that what, what you're talking about, Craig. I don't think is a part of this. I, I know that I know that there's certainly been you know some pushback on Dame, or some some of this is blow, blown back on him that he is somehow you know it, it's inconsistent with what he yeah. has said. Um, I I disagree. I disagree with that as well. I mean, you know, he th- like you said. I mean, this is not this is not a this is not a uh, big three, you know, heatles type situation. Um, you know, he wants to go where he Heedles. thinks he'll be a good fit and he'll, and he'll, you know, play with his friends. Yeah. You know, that's what, I mean, I'd like to go play with my friends. <laughs> so the, that's what this the, podcast which I'm doing is, right now. The, Welcome to the friend podcast. The, the only thing I would respond to is the, because this to me is the most interesting part of this in a lot of ways is you talked to Bill about, you know, Miami having leverage and Portland, maybe not wanting whatever. Like I honestly believe that what Miami is presenting is a legitimate, legitimate fair deal. Like literally my first thing was like hero and three first, maybe four. And I wasn't getting into the whole salary match, but to me, this entire time, three first and hero as your starting point is legit. Now hero doesn't fit, but fit is different than fair. So anyway, we'll get more into that later, but that's the only thing. Cause I just feel like, What's the what's the whining about? Anyway, so let's get to this part because I, I think this is very fascinating. Um, this segment. I've gone back and forth with a lot of people about this. Do the Blazers owe Lillard anything at this point? They clearly, like Craig just said, they decided they chose Scoot and, and Sharp in that future over him after telling him Joe Cronin appeared before the media nine times and said, we're building around Damien. And they have not. So if you've, said you were going to do one thing and did another. And Dame has put in the work and put in the years to be lo- and been loyal to this franchise. Do the Blazers owe him anything here? I'll save my take and we'll start this time with Craig. Uh, well, Bill, you should start. Cause I, I started last time. Did you? Okay. My bad. Bill, you start. Yeah, sure. I I'll thought- start. I, th- <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think that, I think the Blazers owe Dame something to a point. Right. Right. But they, but it is, but they're prime, but they're prime. When this is all over, the Blazers are going to have whatever they get out of the Dame trade. They're going to have themselves. They're going to have their own future. You know, Dame is going to be a former employee when this is all (laughs) over. So their primary, their primary duty is to the fan base. It's to their own organization. It's to the health, it's to the health of the franchise. But I do think that they have a responsibility to treat Dame the right way uh, on on his way out. And, uh, you know, you talked about the nine times that Joe Cronin said, you know, that they were building around Dame and, and, and what have you. And fans, you know, have latched on to Cronin lied. You know, I see that every day on Twitter. I've got or X. I've got to get off X. Um, <laughs> you own a Tesla. Aaron, you own a Tesla. So you're pot committed to all Elon Musk uh, properties, but I'm, I'm oh, going to get just, off X. Uh, uh, but why but you I want to put that out there, man. Why you want to put that uh, out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like you see a Bill. Tesla driving around Portland. It's good, it's I like Bill. I'm glad um, Bill's here. Oh, yeah. More people but, gang up on me. Okay, fine. I see how it is. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but. You know, I I have written this, and I and again, maybe I'm naive. I believe that Joe Cronin went into this offseason fully committed to pulling the trigger on a deal. I think things that changed. I think the the big thing that changed was the, the the quality of the draft pick they ended up getting, and then 
the, the market just did not materialize for for yeah. for that pick and for what the Blazers had. If they and it just so does that mean Cronin lied or he couldn't get done what he wanted to do? You know, George Klyovkov of the Pac-12. I'm ho- I'm trusting there's some crossover audience here, and if I'm wrong, <laughs> then this, this analogy is going to fall flat. But George Klyovkov did not want to lose Colorado and present a, a streaming only Apple TV product to the to the Pac-12 presidents and ads. But when the moment of truth came, when it was nut cutting time, that's what he had. And so he had to go to the board and say, this is our deal right now. And that's what Joe Cronin had to do throughout June, right? He's trying to make a deal. He's trying to find dudes, you know, whether it's Pascal Siakam, DeRozan, you know, uh, Zion Williamson, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, each time it came time to make a decision and it wasn't right. So you get to, you get to kind of, the, you know, decision day. And he says to Dame, we've got to draft Scoot Henderson because the deal that makes us good enough isn't there. And so I don't think that's Cronin lying. I do think it's Cronin falling short of what he said he wanted to do. And he has owned that. So, okay. So you failed at what you wanted to do. You're coming out of it. What do you owe Damian Lillard? I think you owe him transparency. And I think you owe him. I do think you owe it to him to listen to him and what he wants and try to make it happen. But to what end? And if it is taking a, you know, People love to say pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar deal just to get him where he wants to go. I think that's a terrible precedent for the NBA. Right. I think <clears throat> in, I think in the perfect world, you go to Dame and you say, give us the three teams you're comfortable going with. I can't tell you which one we're going to get you to, but we're going to get you to one of them. That's a lot harder when the list is one team, and it's a lot harder when there's only one team coming to the table and making offers. So I do think that if the Blazers could go find a different deal, they would do that. So the whole question of what they owe him, I think, is muddied by the fact that they're kind of getting pushed in the Miami direction anyway. So, you know, I don't think that they are going to turn tail and trade him to, you know, Cheska in Russia. But, you know, if there was a great, if, if there was just a head and Wait, does that come with swaps? If it Indiana, comes with swaps, I'm in. Does it come with swaps? Pro- pro- okay. Probably. And, 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 and swaps, swaps, swaps and uh, absolute. But um, if, if, um, but if the Indiana Pacers made just a head and shoulders better offer, and it was going to set the Blazers up to be good next year, good in five years. You know, I don't really know. I mean, Dame tried to str- has tried to strong play this. And if the Indiana Pacers made a deal that blew the Blazers out of the water that Miami couldn't match, I think the Blazers would owe it to their to their franchise to trade them to Indiana. Not going to happen. But um, so I think ultimately the, their first responsibility is to themselves. Craig. So but Dame's going to get what I, he wants. That, that's probably true, right? And um, – <laughs> So a few things. I think the Klyakov and the Cronin um, comparisons are, are excellent. And I think they both did the same thing. They overpromised and underdelivered, And their yeah, job right. is to deliver. And that's it. That's the <laughs> cutthroat world. You get paid a lot of money to do the job. Klyakov is supposed to have gotten a media rights deal that was going to keep the conference together. And he was supposed to do it a year ago. <laughs> and he didn't. And another team left under his watch. He lost USC and UCLA, which he could blame on the other commissioner. He can't blame Colorado and he can't blame this media rights deal on anybody but himself. He told everyone he was going to get this great deal for money that was going to match the big 12. It doesn't look like he did it. Joe Cronin time and time again, told everybody publicly that he was going to build around Dame and then he couldn't deliver. He also said I was I he was going to overpay. That people were going to go, oh my god, you lost on that trade. But that's how aggressive we're going to be. So go ahead. Right. Mm-hmm. So they both 
said things publicly and didn't deliver. I don't think either lied. I 100% yeah, would agree with Bill. They just failed at their jobs. And and now, Klerkov, I don't know if he, I don't know if he has a way out. Uh, Cronin has to make the best of what he's got. And as far as owing Damian Lillard, I don't think owing matters here. They're, they're going to trade him. They're not going to trade him to Indiana, as Bill said. He's probably going to end up in Miami. What the franchise owes Damian Lillard will exist or take place after he's gone. They owe him a place in the Raptors. They owe him a retired jersey number. They owe him the respect to be able to come back and, um, you know, be a legend. As far as what they owe him, they owe him the $63 million like a year. Like, that's what they owe him. You know what I mean? Like, that's what that part is. They don't, what they can't do is ruin, do something that will ruin the relationship long term. And I think yeah. what Bill said, transparency um, and all that. But if you try to trade him to Indiana, you might ruin that. And we've talked about this before, Bill. They have their relationship with their legendary players is not good. You know, the Drexler thing, that didn't work out great. Bill Walton just came back, you know, 30 years, 40, what is it? 50 years, we're all old. Um <laughs> It back into the fold. Like that stinks, man. It stinks that there's Brandon not Roy. even Brandon Roy, which might not be the Blazers fault, but you don't even have the Brandon Roy joy when he shows up. He's been to one game. So that's what I worry about and think that they owe Damien and they <clears throat> owe the fan base. So that's why the deal that I've talked about, like holding out for one extra draft pick or trying to trade him to a team like Indiana that he really doesn't want to go to I don't think it's worth spoiling all that um, to get one pick that might turn into, you know, pick 27. That's, you know, a great, you know, backup, backup for the eventually the Indiana Pacers when you let him go, you know, because he doesn't (laughs) work out. Um, But I I, I agree that they they don't owe him um, anything but really transparency and letting him know what they're doing going forward and all that money. Well, I was going to say, Craig. You know, you said you said you aren't hauling oats earlier, but you're turning into Don Draper before my eyes. That's what the money's for. You know, I did. I did have what you never say. He's going to get that money. You never say that. But he's going to get that money from whoever, whoever he right. plays. Right. The money's irrelevant. Get that money. But the only team, the, the only team that could sign him to that extension was um was was the Blazers, and obviously they they made that happen. Now, I will say that there is a perspective among some of the more uh, hardline NBA folks I've talked to on this, that the Blazers have already done right by Dame. They've done right by Dame on two occasions, right? One is by giving him that extension. And two is by agreeing to accommodate a deal that he's requesting with four years left on, on the contract. So, I mean, there is a more, um, a cold business aspect to this that, you know, that people apply to it as well. But I agree with you. I think there's a human element and obviously what he means to the fan base that makes this a little bit of a unique okay. situation. Number one, Damien earned that contract. The Blazers didn't do him any favors. I hate it when people act like, oh, they did this. For-. No, he earned that contract. Not every team in the NBA would have given him that contract. I mean, that that was that's not at all. Th- all 30 would not have done that. Yeah, I, I there mean, are plenty of teams okay. that would have traded yeah, him at, 30, yeah, at 32. Yeah, Aylin Brown just got like a billion dollars. What was the last thing you said there, Bill? I mean, a lot a lot of teams would have traded him before, with, before that extension came in. Oh, yeah. And you know what? That probably wouldn't have, would have been the best thing for everybody, but he still would have gotten some kind of extension from someone else. 
It may not have been two years, 112, but he would have gotten paid. Um, so here's my thing. And, and th- my stance on this goes back like 30 years. Some people have said, you're sucking up the dam. I'm, suck- I'm not sucking up the dam at all. I've believed this for 30 years. When a marquee star reaches a certain point in their career and they can't win it where they are, they deserve a chance to go somewhere else and have a chance to win a championship within reason. It has to be within reason. They can't just, you know, you can't just trade Dame to Miami for two swaps and two seconds and Tyler Hero. That, that, that'd be stupid. Um, and we're going to get into what's on the table now, which I think is fair anyway. But yeah, I, I absolutely 100% believe that they do owe him because they told him one thing and did another. Whether or not it, 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 for the franchise it's the best thing to do or not, which is debatable, fine, whatever. At the end of the day, you told him one thing and did another. Now hook him up. If they were to send him to a garbage team or a mediocre team, that would just be like almost criminal. So yeah, I, we agree that Pick a few uh, contenders and we'll try and get you to one of them. But as we've said, what contenders are really out there that would be in the market to spend what the Blazers seemingly want when they can pretty much get close to what they want from Miami and a a trade that's fair, especially considering that Damien's 33 and owed $216 million over four years. So it's also convoluted. But at the end of the day for me, yeah, I think Cronin, Cronin absolutely owes Damian Lillard something. I think the Blazers owe him something. And I think they need to get him where he wants to go as long as the deal is reasonable. We'll talk about that more. But yeah, I'm of the mind that you do right by Dame because in the long run, that's going to mean more than the extra draft pick you might have gotten in an Indiana trade or a Utah trade or something like that, that you're going to blow anyway. So do right by the guy who stuck around. (laughs) Don't, Don't take a guy who stuck around and maybe shouldn't have and screw him in any way because then, I mean, if I'm Scooter Shaden, I'm looking around going, oh, they did Dame like that? And you know Dame's talking to these kids. I wouldn't want that influence out there, that Dame did all that he did for this franchise, and at the end of the day, they just shipped him anywhere. That would be ridiculous. I would send him exactly where he wants to go, but I'd make Miami sit down. Well, this in this situation right now, Portland's the one not sitting down, but I would sit down and hammer out a fair deal that's reasonable and then move forward. I will just say, Aaron, because I've, I've heard you make this point before, and I, I think it's I think it's a really good point in theory and academically. But there, it's it's a moot point to say the Blazers would trade him to like a bad team, right? Because there is no bad team that is going to expend the resources and the assets to bring him in on his timeline with that salary. Like you know, there isn't a team that you know, unless you're saying Utah is a bad team because it's in Salt Lake City and he wouldn't want to go there, which is a bad example because he has. A unique connection. Well, it's a bad team. But, I mean, if Damian Lillard was 29, they would do it. They're not doing it for him at 33. Like, if just, Lillard what? was 29? for a team that is that, and like you said at the top of the show, that is oh, that I'll early in their, is in their trajectory when they have, when they're building like a 10-year window, right? To, to suddenly say, we're going for a two-year window. That just doesn't make sense when they have the pieces for a long run like they seem to. Right, because they're not good enough. They're, so, they're, they're, I, they were, they didn't, I mean, they were, out of the playoffs, you got Dame. So now they're. I mean, I think I seven, think if I think if they I think if they I think if they traded for Dame, I think they'd be really good. But I don't think they'd be really good they, for but, six. But years. they wouldn't be. But okay. But in order for them to get Dame, they'd have to give up Kessler or Lowry, the way the Blazers are acting, and five first in order to, to exceed. The way the Blazers are acting, like the no, I disagree. I don't. I think that if you were going to get a Utah deal done. You'd want their picks. You'd want maybe the guy they just drafted in the first, their ninth pick, Taylor Hendricks. You know, you want you'd want you want Ochai. You'd want some of those. I mean, I don't, I, I don't. Utah could get that done without Kessler and Lowry. I'm pretty. I'm pretty confident. How many picks? But I mean, it's a, but, but but again, it's a moot point. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it 
you know, if it's the three, if it's two, I mean, they have way higher level prospects to give than Miami does. Miami's got, you know, two late first round guys who've done nothing in the NBA so far. Whereas, you know, Utah's got a stable of guys who are, you know, lottery picks, lottery level talent, and then guys who played a couple years in the league too. So the, the players that you would get from a team like Utah is higher. But again, I think we agree Dame doesn't fit there, which is why all roads lead back to Miami. Exactly. Bill, or not Bill, uh, Craig, anything else? On this front? No, I think you guys hashed it out. All right, good. feel like you came to a good place. So now let's get to this. Let's get to what the framework of a fair deal would look like. So as I said earlier, initially I just threw out three first hero and then, you know, whatever else. Um, Initially I was told that – so there was an early report out there that it was two first hero, Duncan Robinson, which I thought was garbage. Then I was told by someone else that, no, the starting point was three first and hero – and maybe Robinson or Lowry. And then I was told by someone with, with the, within the NBA that the Blazers were after four first and two young players, did not want Hero. And now recently we have Shams out there with a three or four first, maybe a swap or two, a second round pick or two, Hero maybe going to a third team for a first or a player, and then Jacquez or, or Jovic, is, or the, or the, Jovic excuse me, are the, are the, are the, are the principles in that. To me... If that is the the starting point, what Shams put out there, which is in line with what's sort of been floating around out there for a month, that's more than fair. Like I don't, I don't. Now I know Portland doesn't want Hero per se, but Hero is a good young player. He's twenty three, he twenty point scorer as a third option on a team that's been to the finals twice. Um, of course, he didn't go to the finals with them, but he still was a part of that team. Uh, and you get three or four firsts. To me, I don't know how many firsts you think you should get for a 33-year-old. I think wanting five would be ridiculous. I think three or four is plenty. Um, so I just feel like that's like a fair deal. That's one of the reasons why I don't understand what the problem really is. So whichever one of you wants to go first, do you think that this deal is close in terms of what's been floated out there as the assets in play for Damien? I'll start. Yeah, I th- it's it's got to be close because what – you're not getting six, <laughs> you know, first round. I mean, so I don't think anyone can expect five first round draft picks for Damian Lillard. Like, I, I just don't even understand. I, I get that the picks aren't going to be what they, what you want. So you'll have to find some swaps here and there. I get, we talked about hero last time. The disrespect for that guy <laughs> is it's just unfair to him. Right. He's 23 years old. He earned his contract because they thought he was an up and coming player. We look at the contracts that have been given out now. A 23-year-old who's already averaging 20 points a game, um, that's not a ridiculous contract if you want him to be a, a major part of your team. And 20 points a game on a team that's not, not horrible is good. You know, um, I, don't, I think the biggest problem that the Blazers are dealing with is that there are no other offers, right? And so they feel like, well – I want a comparison, right? Like what, what is he really worth here and there? Cause the other ones that we've talked about, he's not Durant. So you don't, you're not going to get that. And nobody's going to redo the Gobert trade. Cause it was terrible. So you wouldn't do And then that. the other comparable so one is Donovan this? Mitchell, but he was 25 at the time of that trade, as opposed to 33. And probably going to leave Cleveland. If you read in, you know, you read more, right? Like that. It, it wouldn't even work out that well. So, um, I, I don't know the, the part to me is the hero thing. Everyone says, and you brought this up. If he was so good, 
you'd be able to flip him to another team. And you're like, yeah, I guess that's a good point. But if Damian was that wanted, you'd have multiple offers, right? So, and um, my my thing with Cronin is proof, you know, of his abilities. And I don't know where those are. I like Joe Cronin. Always had a great relationship. One of the nicest guys I've dealt with. But right now, he said things that he didn't get to do. And his draft picks, the sharp one, good pick. Seventh, no one saw him play. Looks like he's going to be great as an improvement. Everybody on this podcast right now would have drafted Scoot. So, <laughs> like, that's not a not a thing. And you couldn't make the trades that you said. You didn't even trade. You didn't trade Ant the, or any picks. Twenty third yeah. pick. You didn't trade Ant. You haven't traded Nurkic. Like you haven't done anything Bill's for me to Bill. know if Joe Cronin's a good GM. I don't know if he's a good GM. I know this: tank, tank, trade Dame. <laughs> right. That's not a great resume. <laughs> not. It's just not a great resume for any GM. Now it's not all his fault per se. And Bill made the point that the market wasn't there. Well, we're assuming that completely. There is a chance that maybe he turned down deals he shouldn't have, that maybe other GMs would have made. We don't know because he hasn't made a trade. So I don't know if Joe Cronin is handling this well, not because I don't like Joe Cronin, but because I don't know. And here's what I do know. Pat Riley, he handles his business. <laughs> like he, he gets stuff done. Like he, he has a track record that's further than anyone in the NBA. So if I'm going to believe one person over another who's going to win this battle, I'm going to put my money on Pat Riley, not Joe Cronin. And I I hope Joe Cronin is really good at this job because I got here in 2007 and I I just went – nobody's thought any GM's been good at his job <laughs> for the Blazers, right? I mean, the old Shea was – it didn't go well. Um, so – but I don't have a – I don't have – I don't know if Chauncey Phillips is a good coach and I don't know if Joe Cronin's a good GM. And I think anyone who says they know is guessing basing yeah. it on their own just subjectivity and or a time machine. Bill, you were grinning a lot during that. What was the question? <laughs> what was the question? Because <laughs> you think I'm nuts? No, no what's, what's I just don't remember where no, we no, were it's fine. In, the, it's, in the program. It's what what would the framework of a fair oh. fair in air quotes? Lillard deal look like? Yeah. Like, what would you think would be? Fair? Well, okay. So I, I think that a couple things have happened here and I, I, you know, again, I think it's really hard to determine value when there's only one team in the mix. But what I would say is I agree with you, Aaron, that this, this trade and the package from Miami is not as bad as people make it out to be. I mean, there is so much yelling on blazers, Twitter <laughs> about yep. like how trash the package is and how those picks suck. Those picks suck. Oh my god! Well, first of all, Miami. Yeah, Miami's done a really good job of 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 being at the top of you know the mm-hmm. East for a long time and picking in the twenties. But <laughs> I mean, first of all, picks in the twenties have value. They have a lot of value, especially when you have your own first round picks, which the Blazers once they get this thing with Chicago figured out, they're going to have. So, and by the way, they're probably gonna have their own lottery pick for the next couple of years. Right. So having picks in the twenties throughout the rest of the decade is a really valuable thing. Is Tyler hero, a good fit for the blazers? No, 
might he be a better fit for the Blazers if he comes and outplays Anthony Simons and you decide to trade wow. Ant and keep Tyler Hero? I'm just saying you, you want there? options. <laughs> and this trade can 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 give you options. Right. Now you can you can offload Hero now if that is there, or you can bring him to camp and you can be too small. That's it's not about your roster makeup this exactly. year. You want to have Amen. talent, you want to have pieces that you can trade. This whole idea that Tyler Hero sucks, Portland should doesn't want him, Miami. You know, I, the, the, I, I can't deal with it. I have, if, if you think I'm, if you are listening to this and you think I might be talking about you, you are probably right. And you want to know what else? I have muted you. And I'm probably not going to unmute you because it is, it is so beyond reasonable discourse about, about where this deal is headed. Does Miami have an amazing package for Damian Lillard? No, it is not going to knock your socks off. I think that there will be some, you know, remorse on Portland's side to be trading arguably the greatest franchise player and not getting just some tentpole piece to hang your hat on. You know what? The Blazers traded Clyde Drexler for Otis mm-hmm. Thorpe. What's your favorite Otis Thorpe as a Blazer memory, Craig? <laughs> he was a double-double machine, Bill. <laughs> the Thorpedo. <laughs> I mean, listen, Otis Thorpe, great pro, starting power forward on a championship team. But you know what? He came, he left. And that is, you know, I'm not saying you just... Tra- there is a p- part of this, and I think I've made this point on the podcast before, and I've certainly written it, written it. There is a part of this, too, where you're not trading Damian Lillard to cash in. You didn't trade him at his peak to, re- to recoup all the, all the, all the yep. um, pieces you could. You are trading him because you are changing direction yep. as an organization. And one of the things you get back by trading Damian Lillard is the runway to empower Scoot Henderson and Shaden yep. Sharp. And that is an asset in and of itself. Um, so I think that there will be some, um, some heartburn with the Damian Lillard trade, almost no matter what it looks like. There's a lot of love there and it's emotional. Craig, you said you've bought and sold a lot of cars in your life or houses, something like that. Just you bought and sold a lot of stuff, but you know what, you know, my dad taught me a lot about business and I don't know if any of it was correct, but one thing he taught me (laughs) was you can't fall in love. Right. And like it's fandom, it's sports. It's a little bit different, but you know, in making a deal like this, you do have to remove a little bit of the emotion because you've got to do what's best for all parties. And so I think that's, what's going to end up happening, even though everybody's going to end up feeling like maybe Portland didn't, you know, get the the package that fans are going to feel good about. I don't know that there is a package fans would feel all that good about. Yeah. So, so I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's three picks. I don't know if it's four picks, but I think that Miami has got a package that can get it done. Agreed. Agreed. And <clears throat> excuse me, Craig mentioned, you know, Durant, obviously Dame's not Durant. Brooklyn cashed in. I mean, getting bridges and a bunch of picks, I mean, Portland would do that in a nanosecond, right? But the problem there... And, and, and Cam Johnson. And Cam Johnson has, has some like, backup depth at 6'8", which the Blazers could absolutely lose. Like, that trade would be amazing. I mean, the the, the Blazers would love to just be getting Cam right. Johnson and a bunch yeah, of picks. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, Dame's not Durant. And at 6'10", I, I, think, I think Durant's going to maybe be able He's to... He's not 6'10". He's seven feet tall. Okay. He, I, regardless, I think he's going to be able to hold on a, lo- a little longer. You know, Gobert, a lot of people believe, obviously, that trade probably spent too much on him. Uh, you know, so you can't really ask for that. The Mitchell trade is interesting to me because that's three firsts and then two swaps. Uh, and they got three players in, um, with, the, with the marquee guy ending up being Lowry, but no one – knew at the time that Lowry was about ready to blossom as an all-star. But the thing also about Mitchell is that he was 25 at the time. He's 26 going on 27. Mitchell has two years left on his deal with a, then a player option. 
But Mitchell's so young that if you're Cleveland and you feel like it's not working out, you can turn around and trade Mitchell for four firsts and a couple players. Miami can't turn around in a couple years and trade Dame for four firsts and a couple players. So to me, you can't really compare those two because I would much rather have right now 26-year-old Donovan Mitchell than a 33-year-old Lillard. So to me, when I look at that Donovan Mitchell trade, I, I'm, I'm thinking, well, that's close to in line to what's going on with Miami, especially if you can turn Hero either now or later into what you want. If Hero were six seven and a small forward and play a little bit better defense, everyone's happy, right? But he's not, so he doesn't fit, and that's fine. But take him now. Hell, I'd start. I'd start him a small forward next year, and just and just go out there and just win twenty games and get myself another lottery pick, so that that way maybe I can draft someone over six six. That's worth a damn, which would be the first time since I don't know when. Um, so I just feel like they're close. Like, I really do. I just think the Blazers thought they were going to get more, and I don't think they want to be boxed in the way they are. I don't think they want Dame yeah. dictating this. Um, I think there's some ego involved here. I get that. But at the end of the day, I think if you just sit down with Miami and work it out, I think you can come up with a reasonable package, and then you just move on from this. If if I if I believe that Scoot and Shaden were too good to trade to bring in help for Dame, then, and then I'm going to get – something for hero plus three or four first and maybe Jaquez. Like I'm feeling pretty good moving forward, loaded with 11 first round picks over the next, whatever, however many years. Uh, and so I'm going to get that done and move on before I move on to the next topic. Any retort to any of that? Because I'm sort of segueing into my, my next part here. Anything? We good. Okay. So is it possible? And I've been told it kind of is, but not, it's a small possibility. Is it possible that the Blazers just say, you know what? We're not going to let Damian dictate to this to us. We're, we don't like what's on the table from the heat. We're going to roll into camp with Damian Lillard. And we're going to start the season with Damian Lillard. Now, I think that would be crazy. I told someone the other day, I will be front row center at that uh, preseason media day press conference. And... Rasan, the head of the media department there, is going to have to call security to get the microphone on my hand because I will have so many rapid-fire questions for Cronin and Dane about that situation because it would just, to me, be psychotic almost. So let's start with you, Bill. Do you think this is even remotely possible, and how crazy could it get if that happened? I think remotely possible, sure. I think if this deal doesn't get done, I'm really curious to see what way the Blazers and Dame go because, you know, it affects this really kind of two ways. Do you want to, do you want to bring him to camp and have that, that cloud hanging over, you know, over Scoot Henderson's start to his career over kind of this new era? Do you actually want him just, I mean, he's, I mean, listen, I don't think he's going to come in and be a toxic presence, but I do think just, just his presence in general makes everything complicated and awkward. But then do you, do you guys, do you negotiate it? And so that he stays home and you leave him home while you hammer out Mm -hmm. the deal. I don't think that helps his trade value, right. right? So if you're trying to drive up the price, the one thing that probably does that is him going out and balling out and scoring 50 points a night. That probably, you know, keeps reminds people, hey, you know, this guy's still but really good risk even though his age and his contract is what it is. And then yeah. you risk injury. So, I mean, I, I think for me, if this, this, if this drags in October and November, Damian Lillard stays home. You know, you tell him we're not going to bring him in, you in. We're going to continue to work on a trade. We're going to, you know, we're going to invest in our young guys. And that is where it goes back to Craig's point. What does that do to this relationship going forward long term? You know, it is doing right by Damian Lillard or what you owe Damian Lillard, um, you know, in part to get to get him someplace so he can kind of move on with his career as well. 
Craig. So, so I think that it can't happen. Like, I mean, I, could it happen? Yeah. Because if we're going to do the crossover, I never would have thought in uh, on August 1st that the Pac-12 would have no media rights like deal <laughs> hammered out uh, because that seemed ridiculous. Like uh, the season is going to start. Um, but here's the thing. Sometimes we, we're all stuck in this, the roster world, the, the, the Blazers, the coaches and the players, there's more to this. Like you need we to, to help out your marketing team. You need to help out your, your every deal. The Blazers have done in the last decade with sponsorships and marketing and television and ticket sales have revolved around Damian Lillard. You need to move on. Like you have, and if you don't, you're crushing more than just the roster. Because the roster is not going to – Damian Lillard can't play. I mean, it makes no sense. And if if Damian Lillard does play, then Scoot or Ant or Sharp doesn't play. So what was the point? <laughs> you know, like this team is not going to make the playoffs. That This whole belief that they could coexist is – it's a dream world of three-on-three basketball or under six-foot-six NBA. <laughs> like it's not a thing. Like you're not going to win a championship with – with basically four guards. You know how we know? The Blazers tried it for a decade, <laughs> and they didn't do it. So let's not – and they weren't 19. Right. So that's not a thing. You know, so you you can't have him play because he gets play, – if he plays, he risks injury. If he comes, then Scoot's not on the court or Ant's not on the court or Sharp's not on the court, and it, it delays what you need to do, which is, as Bill said, you need to start again, mm-hmm. and you need to remarket this team. Your TV broadcasting crew needs to know why are people going to watch? Do you want to say, "Hey, is Damian Lillard going to, you know, going to show up?" Like that's not a great way to to sell, you know, rate, you know, TV. It's not a way to sell um, sponsorships. It's not a way to sell a oh wait, it's not a great way to sell an entire franchise. Yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> Bill, I've made a I've made a commitment to Aaron that every podcast. We much must mention that the Blazers don't have an owner. <laughs> they are owned by a trust. And that stinks. That's true. So this kind of stuff doesn't help your franchise grow in value. Um, so it doesn't make any sense to do it. But we've seen uglier things happen. And this whole where we are right now is because a lot of things did not go right in the Damian Lillard story in Portland. I hope the final chapter is a deal to Miami that 70% of Blazer fans think sucks because that means it's probably not terrible because there's no, right. there's no deal right. that should make, you shouldn't be happy with any deal that sends Damian Lillard out. Right. If you're a Blazer fan, because he's been, he's meant so much and he's, you know, he's really good. So yeah. if they play, if Damian Lillard's on this roster, kill <laughs> Three days before, or during the preseason games, like when they play a preseason game, it's going to be it's well, see, everything is gone. Okay, wrong. so if if it was two first and Hero and Duncan and that's it, and Pat Riley said take it or leave it, then I could see where the Blazers would be like, okay, fine, we're going to leave it. But with what's out there, I think it would just be criminal for them to, to drag this into bringing Dame into camp. It wouldn't make any sense. Plus, I don't understand how that helps you in terms of getting max value for him, because Miami's going to want him in camp, obviously. And if you don't let him go to camp, then why, if I'm Miami, why am I going to give you more 
I'm probably, I mean, why wouldn't I just turn around and just find someone who has a, a solid point guard and trade a first and something for that point guard and just roll with that guy and hero. I went to the finals last year without that guy, but I had a decent point guard and I, and I had a hero. So I'll just roll ahead and go on and do that. You'll be stuck with Lillard because who else is going to come and offer you four first round picks and whatever you want, or, or more than four first round picks and whatever you want it, during the season. It just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You can't play him. Now I'm told that if he ends up back in camp, he would show up and play. He's going to get his money. I mean, he's not, he's not dumb, but if you play him a twist an ankle or has a calf thing again, or Lord knows what, now what are you going to get for him? And if you end up keeping him for the entire season, what are you going to get three or four first round picks and something for a 34 year old Damian Lillard coming off another year with another type of nagging injury? I put this out the other day, like Harden, Westbrook, Paul, all started to decline in their early 30s. Now, someone said to me, well, Westbrook, he's all athleticism, can't shoot like Dame, and Harden doesn't take care of himself. Fine, whatever. We can spin it however we want to. But the bottom line is guards don't usually play at elite level 35, 36, 37. So to think that you're going to burn another year of this guy's career and then get more for him just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So I would just be floored. And I just think it would be bad for everyone involved if they did that. Aaron, you, in your uniquely flowery way, are absolutely correct. <laughs> Thank you, Mill. Sadly, I agree. Ooh, I'm going to take that clip. I'm going to make it in a, in a loop, and I'm going to put it, uh, pin it to the top of my Twitter. Okay. But there's, but there's, so, many, there, but there's so many components yeah. to this. And Aaron, uh, uh, but just real quick, I mean, you don't want, you don't want this to be a a bitter pill for the franchise right. any more so than it, than it than it already is going to be and having dame in camp having dame sitting at home you know having this be the theme of next mm-hmm. season listen there's nobody that's going to make blazer fans forget about damian lillard nor would you want them to forget about damian lillard but you want them to have something to invest that love and passion into and they have it it's not going to be a winning team right away but they have players that once fans start seeing them on the court, getting those opportunities, they're going to be really yeah. excited about. And so you need you need the attention to be on that, hundred percent, and not on this other stuff. So you know, I don't know what the deal ends up looking like, but I agree with exactly the way you said it that they need to get this done so they can move Is on. Is it possible that if if this does become, uh, you know, uh, uh, ugly? Do you think that dragging this on and maybe not doing what Damian wants could in any way? And I say you both of you anyway impact free agents in the future which some people say they don't get free agents anyway or impact how the young players view the franchise if they do all look up to Damien at all or is that overblown start with you bill i think i think it's overblown just because okay one they don't get free agents anyway but two um by way of an example right uh, um was it 2012 when danny ainge traded garnett and pierce to 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 mm-hmm. brooklyn and, and granted, no, they completely remade the yeah. Celtics. They got a buttload of picks. You know, I don't know that they did right by those guys by trading them to Brooklyn once they got old, right? But you know what? It certainly set the Celtics up for the future. The Celtics got the picks they needed. They've re-signed Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to massive contracts. And maybe you say, well, that's the Boston Celtics, not the Portland Trailblazers. But the decisions that we're talking about are years away. You know, the Blazers have Scoot Henderson's rights, essentially for the next nine years. So we're saying in the 2032 summer, 
Scoot Henderson's going to say, I didn't like what you guys did to Dame when I first got here, so I'm going to leave. That's just not the way the business works. You know, the CBA gives the team that you know that has the player that drafted the player, Scoot, Shaden, they have the control to give them the most money, the most years. And we have seen time and time again, that's what players want. So <laughs> I, you know, short, short of yeah, them, the short of them, you know, really deeply wronging Damian Lillard in some just unforgivable way. Um, and even then, I don't know that the Houston Astros cheated to win the world series and people still go to their games. And still, I mean, I, I just, uh-huh. I don't, I don't think this is going to affect the long-term health of the franchise. You know, I think, you know, I think that they'll be just fine okay. well, or Yankee not, fan, but I don't think so because yeah, of this. As a Yankee fan, Bill just, just crushed my soul again. You know, the trade deadline was hard enough and now I got to hear about the Astros. Um, <laughs> I agree with Bill. What Bill said, I will just add this because I've rethought this part, right? Cause I, I, I think I was in the moment when we first talked about this, Aaron, and I was like, yes, it, it will. It does matter. Um, everything Bill said and what you said about money matters, but also it's not going to be this, you know, Danny Ainge is not with the Celtics anymore. Right. So that, that, that's not who they, he didn't have the Celtics didn't have to repair that. And the ownership's not going to be the owner. And there's no way uh, the ownership's in a trust when Scoot's a free agent, like yeah. that, that can't happen. It just can't. Um, and Joe Cronin is not, is not long for this GM ship right now, uh, the way things are going. And even if he does a good job, a new owner is going to come in. So no matter what, whoever wrongs Damian Lillard right now will not be the people, uh, will not be owning the team when your most important free agents come about. And currently they don't get free agents anyway. But what I will say and continue to say, what matters is that you'll burn Damian Lillard. And that should matter. Yeah. Like burning Damian Lillard should matter. And it leaves fans not like when you burn your favorite player. I mean, I boycotted the Yankees for a year when they traded Greg Nettles because he (laughs) he called George Steinbrenner a very net, a bad name in his autobiography and they traded him. Uh, But you know, like I got over Mm -hmm. it, but yes, but you know, you will, if you treat Damian Lillard very, very poorly, there is a section of your fan base that will be ticked and will lose and and you can't afford to lose them now because you're about to stink and you need them to like the new players. Um, so I agree with Bill that it won't matter long-term, but it does matter um, that you burned Damian Lillard. That That's a thing. Okay. I think we're in agreement on pretty much everything. This should be done. Like this should be done. That The trade should be handled. Just turn it over to us. We'll get it done. Everyone will be happy. But let's assume for a minute, Damian Lillard is going to get to Miami before training camp. Start the season. Maybe they maybe they go out with a mid level exception and, and add a legitimate starting small forward. Who knows? Maybe they magically pull off a trade. Who knows? Is there any window whatsoever that this team can crawl through and end up in the plan? Or are they just destined to be like 25, 28 wins? Just bad. Craig. I'll start with a simple thing. <laughs> I'll start. Don't make the playoffs. That is not good. You lose your pick. That that is not like, why would you do that? You, then you not only don't have a lottery pick, you have no first round draft pick. Now, obviously you should have some first round draft picks because you're going to make that trade. But what's the point of being middling again? Like the whole point of this is to restart, to get yourself to a championship level. And Bill said it. They don't get free agents anyway. So the way you got to do it is through the draft. So you need to win the lottery. And I don't mean you need to win the number one pick. I mean, you need to win the lottery in the fact that your lottery pick 
is an all-star. Because you need two or three all-stars. Yep. So don't make the playoffs. Worst thing you could do is get in the play-in and somehow make the playoffs and get smoked in the first round and end up with no first-round draft pick because that doesn't get you closer to your championship goal. Yeah, and Craig, you don't just need all-stars, really. I think you need all-stars on rookie scale contracts. <laughs> and that's what the and, and that's what the Blazers have right. the, the potential to do, right? If Shaden Sharp takes like a year two to three jump where he's like looking like an all-star player and Scoot Henderson is the guy that everybody thinks he is, you know, maybe you have two of those guys in-house now. So how do you get that third guy? By stinking this year and being fun bad. Fun bad is a good place to be in the NBA. Sure. I want that t-shirt. And also, can we add an over 6'8"? Can we add that? Like, <laughs> yeah, one of those. Okay, speaking of 6'8", speaking of 6'8", what's the over-under on how long Jeremy Grant's going to remain in a Blazer uniform? <laughs> I mean, you got, you I, got I, a play. One, I'm, I'm setting the line at one and a half years. Over? I, I, I think it might be a little longer. I think you might have to get to the downhill side of the contract. So um, it could be two, it could and be two and a half. So maybe the... Would that be 26 trade deadline? Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, that's but that's probably where I'm thinking. You need grown-ups, you know, yeah. on the team no matter what. I mean, I guess you don't really, but what, what's why not um, keep them until someone wants them enough to give you something good? Because no one's going to give you something good on, on this side of the contract. Like, as Bill said, like, it's just too much. He's not going to be a final – he can't be a final piece on a championship team, and then you got to – you got to own them for all those years and all that money. Um, I, I, I like Jeremy Grant. You know how I feel, Aaron. I don't. He's not. He's a twenty point five five rebound guy. Like that's not. You're you're paying him, like he's a lot better than that. Um, but as I always say, bad teams in the NBA score a hundred points. Somebody's got to get twenty. <laughs> he's going to get yeah. twenty. <laughs> All right. He might get 25, like, if depending. All right. I think that uh, concludes the rundown. Anything else you guys want to add before we sign off here? Just that this was fun. Thanks for letting me uh, join your guys' uh, fraternity for, uh, for, 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 for one week. Sure. You know, I was thinking about this uh, earlier I today. Bill. Like, I was joking with Joel, our sports editor, about how come the Blazers keep ruining my summers? <laughs> There's always some kind of drama. And then today I was thinking – Bill covered the Lakers. This is like just small potato shenanigans for Bill. Bill's like, this is just a Wednesday. It's not even a big deal. <laughs> yeah, but the but the but the but the Lakers got the Anthony Davis deal done on like June thirteenth, if memory serves. So as long as that dragged out, it didn't. We didn't have to deal with it into August. But then you so, had a, and the um, Lakers do and the Lakers do sign free agents. Yeah, that's they, true. they get free agents. They're done. They're done by like July sixth usually. So um, I at least August was usually un. Uh, was was unblemished usually, unlike unlike here. All right, everyone, thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. Please click that subscription button and give us a five-star rating. This definitely deserves five stars. And we'll catch you soon.